The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company Podcast Network. I'm Justin Mosqueda. We're down here in Indianapolis. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooke and Tex Western. Say this with the people, guys. What's up, Justice? How was your breakfast? It was good. I had... <laughs> Uh, my first meal of the day was at, what, 7, 7.45? You said at 8.38 p.m. Yeah. What a great breakfast. I had two IPAs before <laughs> I had a single calorie of food. Uh, no, I had a, uh, what were the electrolytes called? Pedialyte. Big Pedialyte. Last night, uh, 4 a.m., I was in a bar doing pass sense against an NFL coach. Um, I saw been, it. It was glorious. I've been making a complete ass out of myself basically this entire week. <laughs> Um, I think that's the refrigerator making sounds right now. I'm joined here with Evan Tex Western too. So it's the people text. Hey everybody, finally made it. Uh, it was an extra day or two behind you guys, but we're here. You didn't miss anything <laughs> other than hangovers. We're here. We're great. <laughs> we're spectacular. It's it's fun. I feel fine now. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's ride. So we're down here in Indy. Uh, we're recording this on a. If I haven't completely lost time. It's a Thursday. It is, thir- Thursday, it is okay. Thursday evening of okay. the combine. First day of on-field stuff. Yes. So early in the morning, which, again, some, somebody in this group, let's, we'll, we don't have to name names, skip the uh, interviews. portion. We, did, we, we uh, had interviews with the defensive backs, so, you know, the corners and the safeties talked in the morning, yeah. and then uh, the defensive linemen, you know, edge rushers, off-ball linebackers just did their on-field drills. We stuck through, what, defensive linemen? We were down there in the stadium watching them probably halfway through the edges, and then we yep. ended up having to catch a, uh, a meet-up with the, with the folks at, uh, at uh, She's Head TV. TV. I'm spacing out. This is just the negative. status of my yeah. brain right now. Um, what stood out to you guys from the interviews? Because I saw, you know, we got on the site. The big safeties that Tyler and I ended up liking, we talked about it yeah. in, in, in uh, Draft Talk 2.0, um, Chris Smith, from Georgia, yep. and then Jordan Battle from Alabama had both talked to the Green Bay Packers. Did anything else stick out? It from was those guys? it was uh, Brian Branch from Bama, Branch. and then Jordan Battle from Bama. Mm-hmm. Both were Packers uh, formal yeah. meetings today, as well as uh, Keely Ringo, the corner from yeah. Georgia, who's big, big dude, like yeah. six two, six there, two and a half. There's been talks of moving him to safety because yeah. of that. Yep. Yeah, his whole thing. I saw today. He said, you know, he wants to run less than a four eight three or something like that, and I know a lot of people look at him and they think of him as like a cover three corner. So mm-hmm. I think of like Richard Sherman or something like that. Yeah. Like you're just taking up the sideline. And then some people think if you're not running a cover three scheme, which again, a lot of teams in the NFL are doing that right now. I don't want to 
just keep speaking about split high safeties and stuff, but yeah. some people are potentially looking at him as a safety. Um, how serious these interviews are vary. I was out there, again, until 4 o'clock in the morning with Tyler. We were talking to an NFL coach. He was saying he physically wrestled one of the guys <laughs> yeah. in his last meeting of the day. And mind you, I had seen the previous coach out until 4 o'clock in the morning the previous past two days. <laughs> so if you're wondering how serious these guys are taking some of these interviews and you hear this goofy stuff... Half of the time, the coaches are just trying to keep yourself interested. Yeah, honestly. yeah. So, yeah. Um, worth noting that they met with the Packers, but probably not. It's yeah. not a big deal. I would wait until the top thirty visits. They call them top thirty. It's just the official visits yeah. where they bring them into the facility to really kind of make any sort of broad stroke judgments on the interest of the yeah. team. Yeah, because at least under Gutekunst, the Packers have actually used their visits on players they are seriously considering drafting, not just yeah. on, especially in the high, you know, day one, day two guys, the the guys with character questions that they need to vet. And like why, why it came in last year, for yeah, example, right. and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you're almost certain you're going to get the Packers drafting one or two of their visits on day three guys, round yeah. seven, round yep. six guys. But, uh, yeah, Goody's been much more willing to use more of these visits, it seems like, on, on potential first-rounders, um, whether or not they have character concerns than Ted was, because Ted yeah. almost always used them just on late-round They visits. They were used on functionally, like, recruiting visits. Almost, right, for yeah, UDFAs. a lot of UDFAs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, would, I would talk with agents before I did XFL stuff. I worked for, Opt- for Optimum Scouting, and we had... Um, kind of like a consulting business with, with certain agencies and stuff like that. And if you look at the data, it was like, if you're a UDFA and you wanted to make a team and you want a legit shot, it was the Snyder Seahawks at that point, and then the Thompson Green Bay Packers. And then, you yep. know, both of those teams basically used the visits as a recruiting pitch to when they're on the phone with you and saying, hey, you, we can give you a $10,000 signing bonus here, or this other team's giving you fifteen. that's when... That yeah. stuff all ended up coming into play, but now you know obviously yeah. Green Bay is kind of taking a different approach. Um, as far as the interviews today, from a Packers angle, only thing that stood out to me, you know, Chris Smith, Jordan Battle seemed pretty polished. Uh, Battle seemed a little more smiley or humorous, but yeah. Brian Branch, man, I think we got to bring it up at least. That dude is smart. Yeah. Of all the questions anyone's asked or anything like that, um, he basically just broke down how Cover Seven works from his position. And understanding and diagnosing like just route concepts in general, and just the way he broke that down with ease, like, and you can tell he's not even thinking about it. Yeah, just effortless. Shocking, uh, yeah, right? A guy coming out of Alabama, the Saban defense and playing Saban slot and everything. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I just I came away very impressed with him, and uh, it brings up the question again because Nagler was asking us. He really wants Brian Branch, and I can uh, I can appreciate why people are yeah, interested. Yeah, we just. The nickel position specifically, too, right? Uh, people who are listening may not remember or may not follow college football close enough. Like, Minka Fitzpatrick, when he came out in the draft, he basically exclusively played in the slot position for Saban. Like, yep. Saban, you're treating that position like it's, even though it's only on the field on nickel downs, right, against 11 personnel, you're, you're, you're only seeing it against three wide receivers or more, right? That's the easiest way to explain it. That's the most important position on the field, so you have to really trust that guy. Um, we just got back from dinner with our buddy uh, Deontay Lee, who I mentioned before. You know, works for the Athletic. I think he's been on the pod before, um, and he was like, "I understand why you, after talking about the kind of like the Packers' needs and stuff like that, why 
he's not like the best fit for the Packers just because I think I I, I wouldn't discount him playing corner. Yeah, honestly, like yeah. he has that type of level level well, of cover skills. But if you're gonna play top down, almost like run read first, like run read two pass, that's not necessarily the way he thrives. So, well, I think it's worth noting that Branch is working with the corners, yeah. not the yeah. safeties yeah. here in Indy too. So, yeah. um, that may be you know influential too in, in how teams see him and yeah. where he's gonna fit. Yeah. I mean, other than Branch, nothing really Packer specific. I mean. I was hoping for a few more characters from the DBs today. Yeah. Because, like, that's a position naturally you want the shit talkers and everything like right. that. Right. Didn't think we got too many. I was really hoping, like, Joey Porter Jr. might be one of those. He was He was actually kind of funny because mm-hmm. I, I sat in on his for a while, um, and he was saying how, you know, I really like to take after my dad on the field. You know, I'm a really intense guy. I'm a, I'm a tough competitor. I'm a physical guy. But I take after my mom off the field. <laughs> I'm a smiley. I'm a happy dude. I'm relaxed. I'm low-key. Um, it was it was kind of funny. To, he's definitely one of those guys who kind of has that switch that flips when yeah. when he takes the field. Yeah, and if you're thinking to yourself, Joey Porter Jr. is that? Yep. Yeah, that's his son. We're all getting old. <laughs> We're much closer to death than we all want to admit. A hundred percent. So the the on field drill stuff. So they finally um, let the media actually get into the stadium outside of like the fan experience part. First time to watch the is, drills. Yeah. yeah. How much did we get out of that? Actually, watching the defensive linemen. I like being able to watch them. If you guys don't, uh, haven't been to like an all-star game or a combine or anything, they have this drill that's, it's kind of like the agility drills. It's kind of like the three cone. It's kind of like the shuttle, but not really. It's like they have two hoops and they make you run like a figure eight around it. And I think, you know, defensive linemen for the most part, at least the ones that you're going to pay a good amount of money, you're trying to get to a half man and you're trying to get penetration. And I think that drill really shows... Mm -hmm. Um, your ability to bend, so that was able, that was cool to see. Yep, we saw that with the defensive linemen. Um, they kind of did it in a weird way because you had to do a figure eight, but then you like picked up picked a, up a bean bag and then dropped down a bean bag, and then it, it seemed like some people were like gaming the technique and stuff like that. I didn't get to see it for the edge rushers because we were out of there. Had to meet the Cheesehead TV people by that point, so I feel like that was cool. But outside of that, I don't know how much more of an experience actually watching the combine from inside the stadium you get than watching it on TV. Yeah, especially with the defensive players. Um, I, I went a couple years ago, I went as part of the fan experience, and I saw the quarterbacks throw to the receivers. That was a little different, if only because right. you get to to see a little bit of that arm in person, which gives you a little bit different perspective than you do yeah. a TV angle. That one, I think, would be worth it. That's going to be Saturday. I don't know that any of us are actually going to be able to stick around. I'm out. We'll see. I'm yeah, out by you're, then. You're gone. I probably got to be got to be got to be gone by the, the early afternoon Saturday. I technically so we'll could, but I might be a shell of myself by Saturday. Yeah. So, so um, that'll be one we'll have to keep in mind in the future, depending on the schedule. Yeah. Um, that's the one where I feel like it might be worth seeing in person. Yeah. Um, and this is the first year in a long time that they've done defensive players first and then the offensive guys later on. I think that's game. just pushing I think it's the TV. skill guys. Yeah, skill I think guys it's, to it's, the weekend it's for Exactly. Ratings. Yeah, it's yeah. TV. It's to get the quarterbacks on Saturday, get the running backs on Sunday, and, and try to get more eyes on it. Because I remember the defensive linemen specifically used to go like last. Yep. Because it would take NFL.com like three, four days to even upload their three-call time <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. and. You know, me being like the, well, I've watched linemen stuff, right? Like, I'm desperately wanting to get these edge rushers three cones, and it's just not showing up for days. So, yeah, I mean, they've changed around the schedule a lot. Um, Indy, a lot of bars, a lot of hotels, a lot of steakhouses. 
Yes. Yep. So that's Welcome to my home. My first time here. I've been, I've been uh, other All-Star games and stuff like that, but not the Combine, so that's my first impression. Um, who are standout, standouts from today? We, we, we absolutely cannot not talk about Nolan Smith. Yep. Yeah. This entire week has been the Nolan Smith show. Um, from the time he showed up for his press availability, everyone loved him immediately. Just like infectious positivity, very candid, just as very uniquely himself. Uh, and then to today, where he's just posting absurd, absurd scores. You know, he, for the guy that's still recovering from a torn pec, he still ran the forty, yep. did vertical, did broad jump. Did he do anything else? No, because no, I, I think he no pulled agilities. up after his first. Yeah, because he cut off. He didn't even do a second forty. His his first forty time, he ended up looking really frustrated after that. Put on a hoodie. Basically, went down to street clothes. Right. So um, it seemed like he probably tweaked something. I don't know if that's been reported. Again, we went straight from there to. Uh, to some meals, so I don't know yeah. if that's been reported anywhere. I know what was it—the ten-yard split. What was it? One, one, five, two. one five two. Okay. So I'm looking that's at that's nuts. I'm looking at his RAS card right now. He's he's a little on the small side, six foot two and a quarter, two thirty-eight for an edge rusher. That, that two thirty-eight number is good relative to. He probably played at like high two twenties yep. or like yeah. two thirty on the dot and call it like. He's the Vic Beasley, Randy Gregory type of pass rusher. Like, if you're looking like Bruce Irvin, like, I've heard of all the comps. Yeah. Like, he's that level. So, a 238 relatively isn't that bad because no. he's he's bulking. He's the, the line's going up, right? Like, yep. line's yep. going up in terms of his weight being added. And, and unlike other guys that bulked up for this, I mean, he still was functional at that weight. Yeah. Four, More than functional. 439 in the 40. <laughs> Absurd. 152 10 yard split, 41 and a half vertical, 10 foot 8 broad jump. All of those numbers are 98th percentile or better for edge rushers. Oh my gosh. I think the best 10 yard split I've ever heard of was Clowney at 149. To put that in perspective. So yeah. we're talking what three one hundredths of a second mm-hmm. in terms of the first ten yards? Like, yeah. that's a very explosive player. I think he's Only. a guy who you know people talked about because of the size, right? Because people were like, "Is he going to show up at two thirty? I know he's coming off of an injury. He missed the playoffs, all that stuff. I know he's undersized. I think at this point, you put up those numbers, he's probably firmly in the first round now. For like, me, he was a guy who was flirted around that range. I think he did enough today that he's probably going to end up going that high. For me, I think it goes even beyond the athletic testing. I mean, we I've told you guys multiple times, you can throw the numbers, the production, the size aside. I just want that guy on my football team. Yeah. So you get that and the athletic traits. Yep. And for a guy that small, phenomenal against the run. Like, he really is a, a complete edge player despite being a little smaller. Uh, I think the sky is the limit for that kid. I just wonder... If his true fits actually in a four three, because mm-hmm. like you talk about, uh, I guess Beasley was like a true end, right? Mm-hmm. But then you talk about, I guess Gregory was too. But Bruce Irvin's the one that keeps coming to mind. Where Seattle's playing that four three defense, but it's an over and under, so that linebacker, that Sam linebacker, strong side linebacker, um, so the outside linebacker to the tight end. Is dropping down near the line of scrimmage in base when you only have two wide receivers, yep. and then when they throw three on the field, you take off you know one of the non-pass rushing defensive linemen and you just have him play on the edge, right? Yeah. Like I think that's probably his best role than playing in like an actual three-four and it's like you're in every down pass rusher. I don't I don't know if that's how he's going to win at, at two thirty whatever pounds he's at right yeah. now because it's a tough thing to do. I mean Von Miller lives and dies off of it. and He's probably like two fifty. 
Yeah. I saw it meeting the other day, and it looks 250 to me, so... <laughs> You got text. Uh, Northwestern guy. Uh, yes. Adetta Maria Adebowore. He was like the second guy to run, and yep. I was like, holy crap, that guy looks like he's flying. Yeah. Yeah. So, six foot one and five eighths, 282 pounds, and he ran a 449. My goodness. That's insane. That's a tenth faster than Rashawn Gary did at like two seventy seven. Like wow. this this guy is insane. I know absolutely nothing about Same. this guy no. other than yeah. he flies. Yep. He had started popping up a lot of places the past few weeks. Uh, I think he was a senior bowl guy. Yeah, I showed Tex a rep while we were just sitting there. Yep. Of him just bull rushing a guy to oblivion in one on ones. Um, so that's a guy I think my favorite part about this process, those guys that you haven't gotten a chance to watch yet and then you're you're seeing with your eyes, whoa. Yeah, that's something. Let's go back and check that out. Yep. Um, well, that's it's strong circle around that name. Yeah, and and the explosiveness is there too, right? Like he's got a thirty-seven and a half inch vert wow. and a what ten foot five broad broad jump. So all of those thirty-seven at two hundred and eighty pounds. At two hundred and eighty pounds, <laughs> that's insane. How does Northwestern find these kids? They I, always have insane athletes. Every once in a while, going somewhere else. Couple. Gotta get that education, man. The education yeah. must be good. Yeah, I mean. So yeah, in a, in a couple of weeks when we're finally doing edge rushers or interior linemen, whatever he ends up falling under, you'll hear us talking about him. But I mean, frankly, I I have not seen the dude. I didn't Same. know about the dude. I, I did not the, know about his existence yeah. until the senior bowl. Yeah. yeah, and I think the other guy that we have to mention, well, one of the other edges we got to mention is Lucas Van Ness from yeah. Iowa. Check, uh, just checking boxes. They, they yeah. call the guy Hercules. I mean, he's he's basically the the build of Aiden Hutchinson, right? Six yep. five, two seventy, two seventy five, something like that. Um, Official forty was four five eight. Wow! So he beat Hutchinson it, by fifteen hundredths. Yeah. Just from like when that. we were there, definitely something like I don't think he was the most explosive starts, but he yep. finished them really strong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. His agilities were were great too. Um, basically seven flat three cones. That um, big too. Yeah. The question with him, right? Like he didn't start at Iowa, right? So he's he's kind of been a rotational pass rusher. Yeah. You're you're really banking on projection. And he played, he played a wide side too. It wasn't like just on the edge yeah. either. So and it seemed like he didn't really have a, from what I've heard doesn't have a plan of attack. It's all bull rush. So that's one of those things where this is why it's an edge, right? Like these guys are very projectable and that's why they go so early. If you have those athletic traits and a little production. I think in general it's so like if you're a fan and you're just thinking of this as like is it like tre- trending? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. This thumbs up on the D line and edge group today, right? Yep. Like insane. There weren't many people Everyone who were disappointed. Hurt, yeah. The one guy who hurt me, Siaki Ika, bad. The yeah. uh, the 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 uh, Baylor cat, big old nose tackle, just didn't do really anything well. Yeah. Uh, he looked he looked kind of plotting kind the whole of time. He, he's a nose tackle. And what's disappointing for me is like when I first went and watched him, one of the things I was concerned with is it feels like he's off the field a lot. Like, yeah. he has to get off the field. So I was hoping at least, you know, like, when you're fully fresh, that you can at least put up some numbers, and he just was not able to do that. I know you want to talk about Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. I've already written about him. <laughs> I've sung his praises. i got to talk to him a little bit off podium for a while. Uh, I've been talking about this kid as, like, a top 25 prospect, and I feel extremely vindicated right now. Uh, we got a 9.5 RAS, or what's it official? 5, yeah. His his official 40 was a 4.58. He's awesome. 6'5", 264. Uh, ten five broad jump. All those are in the green. Thirty four inch arms. Yep. Yep. Got length and special teams contributor. He had four blocked punts in his college career. Oof. Oof. Um, 
Tell me Rich Passaccia wouldn't love a guy like that. I asked him about special teams, and he just got, like, extremely excited about it. He's like, I'm begging to go on pump block. Yeah, if I had four blocks, I would be too. Yeah. (laughs) He'd be like, oh, awesome. Rich Passaccia will talk to him and be like, you guys better bring him here. And I'm absolutely in the minority here. I would take him at 15. I don't care. And he's a guy who, when you're watching these guys run 40s, you can tell, like... Not necessarily like overtrained, but you can tell like which guys are just like super good out of the blocks, mm-hmm. and then their actual running and strides looks a little wonky. Foskey was a guy that was just like his gait is really awesome, so smooth. Smooth, yeah, yep. Like he looks like a natural athlete out there. You yeah. know, I, it was it was a good showing for him. Yeah. It was a good yep. showing for the guy for yep. sure. Yeah, I mean, Ed, well, switching gears as the resident Wisconsin alum, I you do have, have to. I do have to mention Keanu Benton, uh, Wisconsin's nose tackle, who had a, a pretty good day today. Really good day. Um, looked very, very smooth moving around. Uh, Eight point six RAS for him. Very solid today. So six four three oh nine five oh eight, which is a real good time for for him at that size. Good explosiveness. Good three cone seven three four. Yeah, was what uh, what we have at. Uh, There's a lot of edge rushers who will run slower than that. Yeah, fifty pounds lighter than that. Yeah, so. so so that's good. His his only like red number is the ten yard split. Um, I I think I saw him slip a little bit. He just didn't have a good start mm-hmm. out of the blocks. Um, but his broads and his vert, vert, vertical were. Solid. So, I think there's there's something to work with there. We'll see on like functional strength. I think that's going to be one of the questions about yeah, him. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit. Lower body yep. strength was a big concern for me. Yep. Um, that could just be a weight thing, like and weight I, program. Thing. I think there's there's something to that with with uh, concerns about Wisconsin's strength and conditioning. Are you? Program. Yeah. Every Wisconsin fan I talk to is like, yeah. the strength and conditioning program is going to get give, so much better on the <laughs> give, give this give this guy a year in in an NFL system in an NFL program and. Um, He's going to be real good by year two, I think. Yeah. So I, I would love him somewhere. You know, early round four would be great. I might even you know reach for him top one hundred. I feel a little bit more confident that you know after a strong senior bowl and this that he might be a day two guy. Yeah, yeah. And Ben was a guy who I've I've only seen limited clips mm-hmm. right of him, so I haven't done like a full study. But from my understanding, and you guys could probably tell me better, like he played nose tackle at Wisconsin, but yep. down at the senior bowl. He started getting more three-tech reps, which is outside shoulder of the guard, where it's more of like a one-on-one, again, like we were talking about, like half-man. I'm trying to get penetration in the backfield. And that's when people were like, oh, he can do this too. Yeah, he might yeah. Like, actually be better at this. And that's where it's like, oh, is this guy – can this guy be Quan Short? Like, can he play yeah. the nose and the three-tech? Because that provides a whole lot more value Absolutely. than just like he's, a run-stopping nose he is, tackle. He is not just a two-gapping nose tackle yeah. by any means. Yeah. I think that's probably his be- better role is in like a one-gapping, maybe even a penetrating, you know, detackle role. Yeah. Who you got, Justice? Anyone else that we haven't talked about? The Tennessee kid who by I right didn't now. know about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wild story. I mean, this yeah. kid was, a, I think he was an assistant manager at like Dollar Tree, Dollar General, one of those. Wasn't even playing football and literally just saw an ad at his community college that they're looking for football players. And he's just like, that sounds kind of fun. Let's do it. Does it. (laughs) Transfers to Tennessee. Has a phenomenal year. Disclaimer, he is old. He's an old man. But (laughs) tested out of this world today. Ridiculous. You just see him physically. He just incredibly imposing. And he played his ass off of the Volunteers this year. 4'4", 340, 11 foot broad jump, 38 inch vertical. Uh, end up with a RAS of nine and a quarter. Mm. That's that's nuts. Yeah, it'll work. It'll yeah, work. I mean, good, good on him. 
I will be watching him very yeah. soon. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. I was very shocked at that. And then I think the last guy that we got to mention that we that we noticed that jumped in the interior group was uh, Mauro Ajomo. Yeah, from Texas. For me, it's like a lot of these guys I at least have heard of or know a little bit about. The only Texas D lineman I knew about was uh, Coburn, yep. and I wasn't that yeah, impressed. Yeah, he had with a tough I, day. Yeah, yep. and I hadn't watched. I had watched a little of him before and wasn't super impressed. Ajomo physically uh, just like. From appearance size, and then just watching him move in those drills, yeah, like just looks really solid. Um, someone I'm very, uh, another guy I'm circling. I just want to go back and watch. I'm very mm-hmm. curious. Tyree Wilson didn't run. Um, and a lot of people didn't run. Yeah, the the other guy I would mention, uh, Brian Brissy from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Seemed like he dropped like 15 pounds, and he did pretty Moved good really well. in, in most of the drills. You were talking about that hoop drill. He was moving really well. Yeah, there. you know, he was a guy, first time I watched him, I didn't really understand it. I talked to, uh, I've already name-dropped him already, Deontay. He told me, you know, maybe go back to last year's film instead of this past year's when he was so big. When he, and when he had Venables as his defensive Right, player. and then he had all sorts of the, the, the family stuff that's been, Kidney you know, injury, yeah. like kidney disease. Yeah. So, Lo- yeah. Really tough year for maybe, me. Maybe I need to go back to the uh, 2021 film on him, because I didn't understand him at the beginning. But, yeah. you know, former number one recruit, played at Clemson. I think he started at Clemson for like four years. That's I a true he, freshman. Yeah, yeah, he could have come out last year. And then he puts up all those numbers, like... On paper, he should be like a top ten pick. But yeah. I just didn't see it on film. Maybe I got to go to the old stuff. We'll we'll talk about it at some. Point. I've made the argument before, but you think about all of the defensive prospects coming out of Clemson this year. None of those kids took a step forward this year, and I feel very strongly that that's a defensive coordinator switch problem. Yep. yep. All right. That's a pod. What else you guys got? Yeah, that's, that's it. A pod guys, go pack go. Go pack go. Let's um, enjoy these cold snacks. Yeah.